the Denver Nuggets are your 2023 NBA champs. And the Las Vegas Golden Knights are your NHL 2023 Stanley Cup final winners. Hi, this is Tanner Scott, your host of the Press Box Report. Today is July 14th, 2023. The day after, pretty sure, the NBA Finals has just come to an end. Before we get ahead of ourselves, I do want to clarify one thing. On most or all of my podcasts, I get news from various websites found across the Google app from different websites, or I use different apps like the NFL, NBA, which I don't have, but NFL or MLB apps as well. Now, let's just dive right in. So, for the NBA, I got this from the, I'm pretty sure it's sportstar.currendu, I think. I, I don't know what that was. A website. The Denver Nuggets finish off the Miami Heat in Game 5 in the 2023 NBA Finals with a final score of 94-89. to 89. Denver... Nuggets won the series 4-1. to In the game five, Jokic had 28 points and 16, I think, rebounds. And Murray and Porter shared 30 points. And on the Miami side, Butler and Adebayo put up a good fight, but the rest of the team were not much of a factor in last night's game. In the NHL, the Golden Knights take a big game in the Stanley Cup Finals to take the Stanley Cup once again. The Panthers played a hard game, or Matt, sorry, in the loss but we'll look to next year to come come back on the other side. I didn't watch either of those games. Sorry if they seem a little vague, but I'm not much of a hockey fan either. So, In college football, the Big Ten 2024 and 2025 schedules have been released. And there's some uh, disturbing things going on in these schedules. But before we get into the details, one big thing is that there will be no more divisions in the Big Ten. So they're going with, like, the Big 12 way, considering that they will be having 16 teams. I don't really agree with this. They should just do 8-8. Eight eight. I think that would be cooler. You put Purdue in the East, and you put... USC and UCLA in the West. I think they're doing this so then they can just have everyone play in two years. I read somewhere. 
I think it was on the Big Ten. But in my opinion, the biggest thing missing from these games are that the Penn State-Ohio State game will not happen every year. This is a big game because both of these teams, especially Ohio State, is a very big team. Penn State, that was one of their biggest games that they play every year. I think it will really hurt both teams. More Penn State than Ohio State. Because Ohio State still will go out and play other teams like Notre Dame, I would think. I don't know that. But it just is like there's only some games that have been that are gonna be every year, such as Michigan, Ohio State, Illinois, Purdue, I think. I think that was one. Indiana, Purdue, Northwestern, Illinois. I'm pretty sure Rutgers, Maryland was one of them. Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, Michigan State, just to name a few. I think there was a few, such as the Rutgers-Maryland game, that you could have put Penn State-Ohio State in place of. But I wasn't on the committee. But I just think, do we really need everyone to play? Because I feel like some of these games are bigger than having US, UCLA play a Maryland or Rutgers team. Either way, they're going to have to fly all the way across the state, uh, the country. I just think it's kind of uh, confusing why you do this because I think it'd be better to make rivalries if you did it but with using divisions. I also think because Penn State wouldn't always play Michigan either, I think that's another game that's lost as well. Because that's Penn State's other big game. I think it really hurts Penn State that they don't have a rival. They have some big games that they typically would play, but now they don't have those every year. I just think this is going to be a new Big Ten, and I think we won't be used to seeing how it pans out. That's going to do it for college football, and we move into the MLB. I got the following from the MLB app. Except for, eh, yes, I did. I got everything from. Uh, I got my update from the MLB app. I, I'm doing highs and lows again. That's I just get the standings from the MLB app. But we're gonna start with the highs once again. And to no one's surprise, the Tampa Bay Rays are still in first with 48 wins and 22 losses, first place in the American League East. They have had a two-game losing streak. But they still lead, all, I'm pretty sure, all of the, at least American League. Number two, the Baltimore Orioles move up, I, I'm pretty sure, at one spot, having a record of 42-24, and 24, coming in at second place in the American League East. Four games back with a five-game winning streak. And the third highest, another American League team, the Texas Rangers have a record of 41 and 25, first place in the American League West. With a three-game losing streak. And I'm pretty sure also back going back to uh, no, never mind. Now we go on to the lows. We'll start with the 
the third lowest team. So not like not the lowest, but the third one out. This one is the first time we have talked about a National League team, I'm pretty sure. At least in this area. But the third lowest team in the standings out of the whole MLB is the Washington Nationals coming in at a record of 26 and 39, 14 games back in fifth place in the National League East. They've had a one game losing streak. The second lowest, to, to my surprise, and probably many of ours, it is the Oakland A's with a record of 19 and 50, 23 and a half games back with a seven-game winning streak. I, I think that they're doing very well because I think we all were used to, this year, Oakland being terrible and only winning a handful of games. They still do win, have won only a handful of games, but I'm surprised that there's a team worse than them, especially because I can't think of many great players on the Oakland Athletics, especially because... We haven't really heard them up in the conversation for a while now. And I think this is a good, a small good news for the franchise not to be the worst team in baseball right now. But next, we are going to say who the worst team in baseball is. And that, my friend, is the Kansas City Royals. Only moving down one or two spots from last time we talked about this. They have a record of 18-49. and 49. And 16 and a half games back in last place in the American League Central. And they have an eight game losing streak. So to recap these, I'll just go through them once again. In the highs, we had the Rays, the Orioles, then the Rangers, and then going from worst to best in the lows, it was the Royals, the A's, and the Nationals. I think the one of the biggest parts of that is Baltimore because they're creeping up on the Rays, and I could see them definitely taking taking the number one spot at least in the American League or in the American East. But now we go into NFL, and this is just a off season kind of thing. I don't know if we'll do it next year we probably will but i'm going to be predicting the quarterbacks that i think will be on the move this offseason that already haven't been i know that we've had Derek carr aaron Rodgers, and some other guys already on the move those are probably the two biggest guys to already move but there are some other ones still out there we're going to start with the number one in my opinion biggest person to move, which is Jimmy Garoppolo. They're talking about getting a, another veteran for the Ra- uh, Raiders, and I could see that happening, especially because they, if they don't like Jimmy Garoppolo, I could see them perhaps trading or just cutting him as a whole and getting another player and hoping next year to receive a high enough draft pick to get a rookie. I think if they don't get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, they'd be fine, though, because I think he is probably the best quarterback on this list I will be talking about. 
And since a lot of the well, since the draft is over and a lot of other good quarterbacks have already moved around, I think that they could just hold him though. But now we go to number two. This guy I really think will be cut if it's not over the offseason, I think it will either happen over the season or next offseason. It is Ryan Tannehill. There's been a lot of talk that Ryan Tannehill could go to like the Patriots. I don't see them him going there, but I do think he will be going somewhere. I could see some other teams. Like I could see him going to maybe Denver if Russell Wilson isn't playing very well and they, or any team if their quarterback gets hurt and I think that that could be the best way for Will Levis to step in there if he hasn't already. I would if I was in charge of the Titans, I would put in Will Levis fairly quickly just cuz I don't think Ryan Tannehill is great especially not for that team. Number 3, Sam Darnold. I don't think he's moved already. If he has, I'm sorry, but Sam Darnold's not great. I definitely think if he moved, he would be a backup, perhaps third string, but probably a backup quarterback. And I would think many teams need a good backup quarterback. And I think Sam Darnold, if he doesn't get a deal, he would be on his way out pretty quickly in the foreseeable future. He played for the Panthers last year, but I don't think he's going to be there again, considering that now they have Bryce Young. And I don't think that they are satisfied with having Sam Darnold on their roster any longer. Moving on to four, I'm pretty sure this person will move. I'm pretty confident in this because I'm pretty sure he's already been trying to get it to another team considering that his former team now has Aaron Rodgers. This is Zach Wilson. And I don't I wouldn't quit on Zach Wilson. He's still a young quarterback. I he did play for the Jets, and the Jets when he started weren't very good. I could see him go and be a backup somewhere. I could see him going and playing somewhere like Minnesota, playing behind Kirk Cousins. I don't see him really getting a lot of playing time, unless there's injuries, of course. But I don't see him being a starter anytime soon. And last but not least, Marcus Mariota. He played last for the Falcons. Before that, he played for the Raiders. And before that, he played for the Titans. So he's moved on a lot. I could see him moving once again. I don't know where I think he would end up, but I do think he will not be with the Falcons. I think he could also retire, but I would think he would still want to play football for at least another year. So those were my quarterbacks I think will be on the move. And now we move on to tiers once again. And today it will be types of potatoes. And I'm not talking about like brown potatoes and red potatoes. I'm talking about like what you can do with potatoes. So these are waffle fries, shoestring french fries, tater tots, home fries, Texas fries, which are like the thick ones. I don't remember if that's what they're called, but I think they are, I think that's what they're called. Curly fries, nacho fries from Taco Bell, beer battered fries, hash brown baked potato, twice baked potato, and potato soup. So, tier one, there's two types of potatoes. I put baked potato and beer battered french fries in this. I'll start with baked potato. I really like these. 
because you can put anything in them. You can put sour cream, cheese, butter, uh, chives, any anything that you want. You, you could probably put hot sauce in it too, chili. I don't put chili in mine. I never have, but I think it would be good. And I, I think anyone would be happy with a baked potato because you don't have to do the same thing as a person sitting next to you like a lot of other types of potatoes. I just think that they're the most universal potato. And beer added fries, I I think, are very good. I think they're probably the most used type of french fry in a lot of, like, bars and that kind of stuff. I think they're very yummy. And I like the crunchiness more than other types of french fries. Tier 2, there's two types of potatoes again. Shoestring french fries and hash brown. I'll start with shoestring french fries. I think these are like the most thought of french fry. When you think of french fries, you think of like the McDonald's fries, the like thin, salty, vinegary french fries. I think they're very good. They aren't my favorite because if you don't get them from like a fast food place, they aren't always great, but they aren't my least favorite. And then hash browns. I think that these are very good because you can eat them, I'd say, any time of the day, especially breakfast. They're one of the only, if not the only, type of potato you can have at breakfast, and they're very good. They're kind of crispy on the outside, not crispy on the inside, and you don't have to dip them in anything, in my opinion. Tier 3, there's two types of fries in Tier 3, nacho fries and waffle fries. Both, in my opinion, the best places to get them are fast food. Nacho fries from Taco Bell, waffle fries from Chick-fil-A. I'll start with nacho fries. I put them low. I do like them, but I put them a little lower because they aren't great unless you put them into cheese. And sometimes I don't always want to do that, but they aren't great just like on their own. And waffle fries, they're good. But again, I only really like them from Chick-fil-A. I don't love them anywhere else. For that reason, that these two are in tier three. Tier four, there's only one. No, there, there is two. First, home fries. They're very good. I like home fries a lot because you can have them thick or thin, crispy or not. I just like everyone could cook them a little different depending on where you live, and. I don't think you need to dip them in something, but you could dip them like ketchup or something. And then tater tots. These are kind of hit or miss for me, depending on where they're from. I like them from Sheets, if you know that gas station. It's like a Pennsylvania and parts of Ohio gas station. I like their tater tots, but I don't like the kind that come that are like frozen. You can make it your home. For that reason, it's in tier four. Tier five is Texas fries and potato soup. Texas fries... They're a little bit too, like, potato-y for my liking. They aren't crispy enough just because they're thick. I don't love them. They remind me of sweet potatoes, but they're regular potatoes. And then potato soup. It's not my favorite kind of soup. I don't love potatoes. That's why I like french fries so much. They kind of hide the potato taste. But I wouldn't pick potato soup. Tier 6, curly fries. I really don't like curly fries. I know Artie's is kind of known for their curly fries, but I'm not a fan of curly fries. They're too mushy most of the time. That's why they're low down here. If you like them, that's great. They just aren't my thing. And tier seven, twice baked potatoes. Only had these once, and they're 
basically a baked potato, just like the inside is kind of like a mashed potato. Oh, I should have put mashed potatoes on there, but I didn't. Maybe if I do them again, I could put mashed potatoes and like potato salad or whatever it's called on this list, but I didn't. But let's get back to twice baked potato. I just, I don't love mashed potatoes. And since it's like a mashed potato inside a potato skin, I really don't like them. But you can put the same type of stuff on a baked potato. It's kind of ironic. I put baked potato on top and a twice baked potato on the bottom. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you for listening, everyone. And I'm so glad that I was able to do it that back that close from my last podcast. Hope you enjoyed having them so close. I'm going to try, especially over the summer, doing them more than I did over like not the summer but thanks for listening this is tanner scott signing off and i'll talk to you guys again soon goodbye goodbye for now